On today's episode, we're going to be talking about what it means to be pure in heart and the promise to those who are pure on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. At least that is our goal. And we want to talk today about what it means to be pure in heart. And uh, so here's the question I want to pose to you at first. And this came from a great uh, author. Um, I can't think of his name, but because I want to give him credit, even though his name's not on there, but just to you know, not steal the stuff. But he had a, he had a great thought here. Is your Christian walk one of the hands, one of the head, or one of the heart? And the hands meaning good works, the head, and this is my application, the head meaning your profession, right? you know, professing faith, saying I'm a Christian, or the heart meaning that your Christianity comes from the very deepest part of who you are. And so that's a good question to ask before we read this scripture that says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And so purity is something that is misconstrued in our culture. And often we only apply purity to things like, well, I'm not committing any sexual sins or I'm not doing anything evil, like, you know, dirty, so I'm pure. And it's a very um, narrow view of what purity is. And in, in the case of, of, of Jesus' Beatitudes, it is the wrong view of what purity is. Where does purity come from and what does God look for when he is looking for a pure heart? We find the scripture in Psalm 51 and 6 that says, You desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. And so this gives you an inkling of where purity has to come from. It has to come from the inside, not the outside. We can keep the outside pure. We can abstain from impure things on the outside, but the question is, what is going on on the inside? And why does God want our hearts to be pure? Because our hearts are the center of who we are. And uh, Proverbs puts it beautifully that when it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, your heart is, is who you are. Your heart is the center of your being. It's the wellspring of your life. So if that is in order, your life will be in order. If your heart is out of order, then your whole life will be out of order. So if, if the center is whole and healthy, then the rest of you will be sent, will be whole and healthy. Your heart is literally the heart of the issue. When I say heart, I don't mean your physical muscle. I mean the inner part of you, the part where your will is, where your emotions are. Where, where you reason, the deepest part of you. But Matthew uh, 5, uh, 15, 19 says, For out of, the heart comes, out of the heart come evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. And he was just talking about a challenge someone gave him that, because his, his disciples didn't wash their hands, and they're like, well, they didn't wash their hands. He's like, that, that has nothing to do with it. It's the inside that has to be clean, because out of the heart comes the evil things, not out of your hands. And this is why if you if you rob a bank, 
and you get sent, you know, to court, they don't try your hands, right, for taking the money. They try your heart because you made a decision. And we can be clean on the outside and unclean on the inside. And we can be like bleached gravestones, like the way Jesus accused some of the Pharisees of being, that they were so dead and old and, and just useless. They were like you know, bleached gravestones. And Paul talked about what it means to be perfectly holy when, when he said uh, in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and of spirit, making holiness perfect in the fear of God. So for Christians, the real challenge isn't defiling the body, but it's defiling the spirit. It's hard enough to keep your body in check, but to keep your spirit clean, that's a whole challenge, right? The inside of you. The things our hearts dwell on, hold on to, are entertained by, can defile the rest of who we are. But first, as we continue, and we've been doing this as a tradition on this series of Flourishing God's Way, the series is called Flourishing God's Way, and it's all about Jesus' Beatitudes. And uh, what he spoke, he spoke these on the Sermon on the Mount, which he said many things, but the Beatitudes were specific, uh, eight specific things that he spoke of within, within the Sermon on the Mount. And we've been saying first what something is not before what it is, because sometimes to, to learn what something is, it's good to know what it isn't. So what purity is not is is this. Purity is not abstaining from sexual sins. And I put that one at the head of the list because, again, our society has this view of that purity has to deal somehow with sexual you know, abstinence or something. And, and that's if you do that, you're pure. Yet our virgin is considered pure, but it's not the same as having a pure heart. And some think, if I don't commit a sexual sin, if I don't lie around, sleep around, cheat, or watch pornography, then I have a pure heart. But that, that's not necessarily true either, because if, if the only definition of a pure heart is sexual promiscuity, then, then that would be true, but it's not true, because we can be impure in other ways. An, another way to, to look at what purity is not is it is not this. Purity is not sinless perfection. What is sinless perfection? Sinless perfection is the idea that uh, John Wesley kind of taught about this idea that that um, you can remain sinless till, till the day you die. You know, you can be perfecting until you don't commit any sins ever at all. And as much as my heart is Wesleyan at heart, I, I love Wesleyan theology, I don't think that anyone watching this or hearing this can honestly say that they have a perfect track record following Jesus, including me, right? Nobody can say that because we all do stupid things. We make mistakes. We, we, we curse in our minds. We do things in our head, you know. Um, and some think, if I don't commit any sins or hurt anyone, I'm pure. And then that's not necessarily true. But others look at it this way also. that, And again, purity is not. It's not outward obedience, we can obey from the outside, but be rotten on the inside. Anyone can do the rules and, you know, everything perfectly on the outside, like a good accountant, and have everything, you know, neat and tidy, but have the opposite motive or have the wrong heart on the inside. God told Samuel when he was looking for a king, he says, he says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And he was telling Samuel, don't look at the outside of how they look, uh, because you'll naturally look at the strongest and the, the bravest, but I'm looking at somebody else. I'm looking at their heart. 
But also, purity is not this, an innocent personality. Some are flighty, some are blameless or ignorant in the way that they act. They could be gullible to schemes and scams. If someone told them a dirty joke, they wouldn't get it. If someone told them about the ugly things that happen in the world, they might be slow to believe it. Someone can be pure-headed, right, without being pure-hearted. And just because I'm pure in the head and innocent in that sense doesn't mean that I'm pure-hearted. So, that said, what is purity of heart? What does it mean to be pure in heart? And before we can really talk about what purity of heart is, we have to talk about what the heart is. The heart is this. The heart is the center of, of the human person in which the physical and the spiritual life are concentrated. And that's the best definition I think I've ever come across. I've come across dozens of definitions through the years because I have a lot of resources. I have thousands of, of, of digital books and physical books. But, but think about it. It's, it's where the physical and the spiritual are concentrated. And that's why when, when God looks at a soul, He doesn't just look at your inside unseen, but He looks at your body as part of your soul because you're a living soul, Right? When people are lost at sea, it says five souls were lost because the whole person is the soul. But let's not get distracted by that. So the heart is the center of that person. It's where the physical and the spiritual are concentrated. And we find that that to be pure in heart means this. It is undivided focus. And I just... I just threw in the scripture there that says that says the eye is the lamp of the body, so if the eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Undivided focus. And that's part of a pure heart. It means that or and, and let me let me continue that scripture. Jesus said this, but if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So the, again, this comes from the inside and it's about focus. Purity cannot come from a having a double standard or or by hypocrisy or duplicity purity pur, purity only comes from a a single heart on the other hand double mindedness is a sign of impurity of the heart the epistle uh to the james to to uh you know you know james or jacob is his right correct name james came after but the epistle to the james james wrote this I'm sorry, I'm saying that incorrectly. James Epistle, right? James Epistle. He wrote this in James 4.8. He, he said, he said draw, draw near to God. Let me see if I can find that for you. He said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Notice that double-mindedness is seen as impurity of heart. Thus, we have the idea that that single focus is purity of heart. But also, purity of heart is this. It's right motive. Anyone can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. Or some people, because they got caught, maybe they fessed up, right? Or they felt guilty. Or, or maybe they're afraid of what their mom's going to think, or their dad's going to think, or their spouse. But they don't have a real repentant heart about it. They have no fear of God about it. And, and that's how we know the heart is not pure in this matter because the motive is not right. So the question comes to the very center of our being, not just am I a Christian, but why am I a Christian? But also purity of heart is this. 
it is hatred for sin. Again, we want to separate this from from hatred for those who live in sin, right? In any way, in any way we think, no matter whatever their lifestyle is, whatever they're doing, if it's illegal, if it's wrong, it doesn't matter what it is. We don't hate people who sin. If we're real followers of Christ, we love them. We may challenge them. We may not agree with them, but we are not. We are not cynophobic. Uh, we are. We are. We are. Uh, or rather, we're not. We're not people phobic, right? We're cynophobic, right? In other words, if someone is has a certain lifestyle, we're not. We're not homophobic. We're not. We're not. Uh, you know, bank robberophobic. We're cynophobic. We we say, look, you know, this is what God says in the scriptures, and but a pure heart can see sin a mile away and is grieved and disgusted by it. And that's how you know that th- there's a purity of heart. It doesn't mean you're judging that person. It doesn't mean you're putting them down and condemning them. But it says, you know what? This is wrong, and Lord, it breaks my heart. An impure heart has a tolerance for evil. And and so a pure heart has a hatred for sin. So these are like two forces clashing at each other. And this happens in culture all the time. If someone is truly following Christ, and or, or you're at work and someone just looks at you like, you know, why don't you like how I how I do this? You know, how come I feel guilty around you? Because our lives can in, can indict people uh, just by living, just by being a Christian. But Psalms uh, again, I'll read, I'll read it to you. It's, it's on there. But Psalms one nineteen through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. The more you read the Word, the more you see the standard of God. The more you hate sin. The more you can't tolerate it. You can't have it in your life. Part of authentic faith is hatred for sin. And Romans 12.9 says, let, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. One of the challenges in society is that sin has been redefined and the standard of God keeps getting pushed back further and further because people don't read the scriptures. Only the scriptures can tell us about what God requires of us, of, of what is right and what is wrong. We can't make up our own stuff and say this is right and this is wrong. There has to be an objective truth outside of ourselves. And I've talked about that in in, in, uh, in separate uh, podcasts, but love that is not genuine will love the good, but the problem is it's indifferent towards evil. But here's again what, what purity is. It's a hopeful view of the world, believe it or not. You ever hear the old saying that to the man with or the woman with Limburger cheese in their, in their mustache, the whole world stinks. And um, so we have this hopeful view of the world. When, when, when there's a purity of heart, there's a sense that God's going God's to gonna make things right. Uh, Titus 1.15 says, To the pure, all things are pure, but to the corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Their very minds and consciences are corrupted. When you're pure in heart, you tend to see life in a pure way, even though... You, you know good and you know evil, but there's a purity to it. There's a hopefulness that God is fixing it. He's making things right. A hopeful view is not the same as an innocent heart because an innocent heart can be ignorant about the harsh realities of life. But the hopeful view sees the ugliness and still says, God is awesome. He's going to make it right. He's going to fix this. But again, purity heart is this. It is a heart that is not dominated by desires. And I put that in there because so so much of our struggles are our desires. Romans 13, right? 
He says, the night is almost over, the day is near. Let us therefore put aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as people who live in the light of day. No no wild parties, drunkenness, sexual immorality, promiscuity, rivalry, or jealousy. I mean, he's really pretty specific here. Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus and do not obey your flesh and its desires. Paul was talking to people who had come out of you know, the old life, right? The old life of just worshiping idols and everything that is attached to it and all these you know, promiscuity and all this stuff. And he was saying, look, don't be dominated by that anymore. And that's part of purity, that when you're no, long, you're no longer controlled by what used to control you before. But lastly, purity is, is this. It's a life not controlled by possessions. And again, I put this one in here because we live in a very possession-focused society. And uh, purity of heart also shows up in not being controlled by these things that we own. We can own them, but they should never own us, right? And when a possession controls us, there's a there's a great sense of loss when we lose it. When a possession doesn't control us, it's okay. It's like, whatever. It belongs to God anyway. We don't really care. So to the pure in heart, losing a possession is is in this life might hurt. But to the pure in heart, when they lose God's presence, they lose everything. Anything else can burn. They don't care about that. They know God will take care of it. That's why Matthew 6.21 said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And lastly, I want to give you this, the promise to the pure of heart, and that is this, they shall see God. What a beautiful promise. And, and this speaks of having an open revelation of God in our hearts where, where, where we maybe we don't see Him physically, but we, we know Him. We, we have this close, intimate relationship where He reveals Himself to us in the way that we can understand Him. And if you want to be pure... Spend time with the only one who can make you pure, God. Psalms 86.11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your paths. Give me an undivided heart to revere your name. What a beautiful scripture when you think about it. And we find that as we close this up today, I want to encourage you to, to make it a point where it, we just hit the middle of this year, and we're 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 going, you know, beyond. We're almost ending this year now. Think about it. What a rough two years we've had with COVID and all that. But strive to be pure in heart. Is it easy? Absolutely not. It is absolutely difficult. But God never makes it easy on the flesh. He never asks us anything that is actually easy. So be challenged in the Lord to do this. If you like this podcast, leave a leave a comment and and click the subscribe button. And check out our YouTube channel and our, our website, soul02.com. So next time, recommend us to your friends, and God bless you. So good to be with you. Take care.